Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're returning yet again to Series 2. We're, nearly, we're very nearly at the end with this now, because this time we are looking at Army of Ghosts. We're in the final straight now. Yes. Um, yeah, so it'll be another couple of months before we're back to it again. Oh, around the bend, whichever you want. Where am I put it? Yeah, around the bend, more like it. Yeah. But... Um, but first, let's have some news. Now, it, it's not, um, like I put it, the, 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 new, the world of news is very, very barren at the moment, isn't it? Yes. There is not a lot going on at all in, in this sort of, uh, how can I put it, hiatus year, I should say, as we know that the, the show is, is recording. And um, I think one thing we, we forgot to mention, I think the last time we were here, was the uh, Peter Capaldi's new costume, it seems. Another, another variation, I should say, on his costume. Um, but that's been the only thing of note that's come out of the film that's gone on so far. Yeah, it's been very little, really, has there? It's yeah. been interest. Yeah. Um, so we've got the new, the new black velvet coat and yet another layer of clothing un- underneath. Some sort of weird jacket, um, come waistcoat arrangement underneath the hoodie, which is then underneath the new coat as well. So it's yeah, it's a right old uh, mishmash of styles he's got going on there. And of course, he, he, was, he was seen with Matt with uh, Matt Lucas as well on set, wasn't he? So yeah, so we're complaining about the heat while we're recording this week. <laughs> yes, I know because we, we decided to sort of like record and uh, as as is our usual thing. Actually, we tend to record on the hottest hottest nights of the year, don't we? <laughs> yes, yes. It's usually a commentary. So fortunately, this is short and sweet. But <laughs> yes, it's yes. a sweltering London rest- at the moment. Future reference in July. If you're looking for an evening just to go out and it'll be really nice, then we'll let you know in advance when we're going to be recording. Exactly. So yeah, because because <laughs> we'll be indoors suffering for our art, as the as as us lovies like to say. So, <laughs> yes, it's, it's sweltering out. Yeah. Um. So of course we, we've seen the first set photos of Pearl Mackey as well, which were quite some some weeks ago now. We just forgot to talk about it last time. Yeah. Actually, but um, but the only news that sort of has come out um. Before we get into any sort of proper a sort of news that's reported for a, <laughs> a Jimmy News outlet, um, rumours were flying around about um, you know Capaldi was going to leave and he was going to, to degenerate into Matt Smith. Um, now apparently this has all come about because he was spotted in Cardiff, and someone's put two and two together, can't be five, and the, the rumour is he's going to, to degenerate um, back into Matt Smith again, which is absolute cobblers. How do these things start? How I do... try hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you, is it? Oh, bastard. Yeah, I mean, that's utter nonsense. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I don't know. I don't want to give it any more time than that, really, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> it's just one of those things that was out there, um, but it just sort of, why? Why start yeah. it off? You yeah, know? not until the episode actually happens. Are we? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, that told us, didn't it? So... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what actually has been in the news? Well, um, one thing that came out over, over this weekend, actually, and it was something that was sort of mentioned some months ago. Now, Tom Baker let slip that he was doing something for Star Wars. Now, no one knew if it was going to be for the next Star Wars um, episode eight or it's going to be for the Rogue One uh, story. But as it turns out, he's doing a voice for Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is the animated 
um, series. I've caught the odd one, which are quite good, actually. I, I, I dare say you haven't seen any of them, Paul. I haven't, no. You haven't. No, they're actually quite very, very good. And they're trying to sort of the leading up to A New Hope, basically. And it's sort of tying stuff in now. And it, as it appears, there was the Doctor, the, not Doctor, the Star Wars celebration this weekend at the London Excel Centre. And it was announced that Tom Baker um, is going to be playing an animated character in, in that called uh, The Bendu. Right. Hmm. Um, so it basically, the, the, there's a trailer that's been released which is, features Tom Baker's voice and it says, Jedi and Sith, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu. So, hmm. It's a bit of a, bit of a, a, a mysterious character. Um, so there we are. That's it. It appeared to get quite, everyone quite excited. As you would expect, especially Doctor Who fans. Um, yeah. It's just nice he's getting some other work apart from adverts, really. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can understand. Yeah, he may be not as light on his feet as he was No, to get around, but uh, voice for animated stuff. You'd you'd, one, of the, the, one of the main voices you'd want, really, isn't it? Very distinctive. Yes. Very distinctive, very noble, actually, his voice. So, yeah, um, that's great. I mean, I've... I've, I've Watch the trailer; it doesn't give a lot away, so as as you would expect from a trailer. But uh, it's what makes me want to go back and watch them all properly now. Before season three, it's not coming out until late this year, I don't think, or maybe early next year. I don't know, but uh, um, yeah, it makes me want to want to go back. So they've introduced things like Darth Vader back into it, and mm. and they've actually got James L. Jones to do the voice as well, I, I believe. So um, yeah, so I should maybe I should sort of maybe we should get into that, Paul. Do, yes. do, do you have the Disney XD channel? Um, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, there you go. So, um, but anyway, as I said, quiet year, and of course, there's nothing. Uh, there's no, um, no sort of like leaked footage or anything. Nothing's prepared to release the trailer. So th- this year's San Diego Comic Con, usually Doctor Who is there, um, but this year it's there in comic form only. You've already got his um, Doctor Who comics. Uh, will be representing the world of Who at San Diego Comic Con this year. Um, yeah, yeah. No, normally, about this point is where we're we're having the the Twitter meltdown that we haven't been shown the trailer. That's just... yes, because we're British, damn it. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, when the uh, the the, the uh, in UK fandom explodes in self righteous indignation. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want the trailer. So yeah, it's um yeah. What's well, so little do we know? There actually has been one. They've just kept it from us. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably someone will get annoyed that sort of ah oh, they got a comic before us. You know, so it, it, will, it, will, it will be kicking off. So um yeah. So apparently there's, there's meant to be a special panel there. Um and the the, the guests that are going to be there, are Paul Cornell. That's the only name I know. So he he still writes um, for Doctor Who comics. George Mann, uh, Kevin Scott, Rob Williams, and the Doctor Who editor Andrew James, and they're going to be sort of revealing the plans for a Titans Doctor Who comics. Um, so um, yeah, that might have already happened. I actually don't know. I don't know if Santa Comic Con's actually on at the moment or not. I know it's this month. I don't know if it's because this is quite an old news link. I'm following. It's like a week out of date, so I, I'm not actually sure it's kicked off yet. Is it? I, yeah, I don't know to be honest. We know, as you know, fan, uh, people at home, we, we do keep our finger on the pulse of these things. <laughs> our news section is, is we, we ask you questions. What's in the news? <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can tell us, people at home. You can tell us what's in the news. But uh, 
Yeah, this is how bad it is. Now, um, unfortunately... I'm, I'm just actually oh, now drawn to the fact that it's taking place in room 5AB, which was part of my old postcode. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is the Comic-Con actually around your old house, then? It is. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's not actually in San Diego this year. It's in Lewisham. <laughs> it's probably as hot as San Diego at the moment, so, you know, it's probably a good time to do it, actually. But, uh, now, um, to, to wrap up the news, unfortunately, we sort of... Um, Unfortunately, another sort of another death to announce. In another, another one for 2016. The actor William Lucas um, started at the age of 91. Uh, for those who don't remember, William Lucas played uh, Range in the Fifth Doctor story, Frontios. Um, yes. Now, apparently, this, this mysterious circumstance, which I never realised, he took over the role shortly before the murder of the original actor Peter Arn, which I never realised. Now, Peter Arn had been in quite a few. I think you've been in a couple of Hammer films as well, actually, Peter Ryan. It's one of those faces you sort of, you'd know him if you, if you saw him. If I sort of like, you know, yeah. there's Peter Ryan, you go, oh, yeah, he's been in, you know, he's a very recognisable face. I didn't know that, though. That's one thing I didn't know about um, about that um, about that story. So, um, But I think, from, I don't know about you, Paul, but William Lucas, I really knew him as playing uh, Dr. James Gordon from The Adventures of Black Beauty. Which, um, which, which, which always seemed to be on on a Saturday morning when I was a kid. <laughs> No, I can't actually say that I was. This is, this is the nineteen ninety remake you're talking about. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's the original ones, uh, which also had. Uh, it was the little uh, who played the little girl in it. Um, oh, was it Stacy Dornin? I can't remember. Mm, could have been. Yeah. Yeah, something Dornin. I think I can't remember um, which one it was, but uh, yeah, that's how I just remember him from actually. Um, and, and nothing else until Doctor Who, to be honest with you. So, wasn't a big fan of El Dorado then. <laughs> no, I, I must admit I wasn't. Was Was he in that as well? Oh you dear. Say, yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, but this was um, announced today, actually. But he actually died on Friday, the eighth of July. So it's taken a while for for this to sort of reach the reach the news feeds. Yeah, as it were. But um, yeah, but he'd been in a few other. Um, other things as well. It's in Coronation Street, and as Paul just said, El Dorado. Um, apparently, in Last of Summer Wine, Doctors and the Bill. I mean, what actor yeah. hasn't been in the Bill? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. As, as, as an actor that was getting on, then that seems to be the the general retirement home. It, it does, actually. Doesn't it? Oh, dear. And even that's been retired now as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, dear. What, what do the actors do now? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. What do they do? I think they're actually trying to get onto Doctor Who. I think that's what's happening now, but uh, oh well. So um, that's it for the news. I'm afraid there is there is nothing else to talk about. That that is pretty pretty shocking actually. So um, so there you are. So coming up next um, is our review of uh, Army of Ghosts, which I hope isn't as short as the news items. So so for another. Oh, I don't know. In this in this heat, I hope it is. I hope yeah. it is actually. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so for another week, then that was the news. <laughs> Okay, everybody, it's time to continue with our Series 2 retrospective. And as we said at the top of the show, this time we are doing Army of Ghosts. Welcome to Torchwood. Woke up one morning and there they all were. Ghosts everywhere. They're bleeding through the fault lines. Walking from their world, across the void and into you. Where are you taking that? If it's alien, it's us. Send that thing back into hell. The Doctor lording it over us, assuming alien authority over the rights of man. You can't stop us, Doctor. Who are they? 
Cyberman. And it's my turn to kick it off, isn't it? It is. I have that honour. I have that, which means you get to do the. Now it might even work out to you do the finale. Actually, does it? So <laughs> depends on the order of things. Yes. Depends on the order of things. Um, yeah, I, I really didn't know what to make of this, and I still don't know what to make of this. Actually, after watching it again, it's been a while since I watched it, and uh, there's a lot. There's there's a lot I don't like. There's a lot of things that niggled me. It's all set up, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's a, a lot of nothing, yeah. to be honest, this particular story. And it all sort of kicks into gear in the last sort of five to ten minutes, to be honest. Um, but I, I mean, I sort of start from the, you know, from the beginning. You, you get sort of like the first of um, the, the what, which appeared to be sort of a, a trope of Doctor Who, the last episode or the, or the, or the final two parts, whatever. You get the opening monologue of the character who's going to car kit for, for that particular story yes yeah um at the time it hadn't been done before but now it's, it's sort of like i know sort of i'm sort of watching it out of context that it's got a bit tired now hasn't it and i know that's the first time it was done but now i'm sort of rolling my eyes at it it has but even the fact that it actually is a total lie as well it is a total lie and again this is the first time we've had the lie isn't it yeah. about a companion's going to die, and they they pulled that trick once too often now for for my liking. Yeah. But um, but anyway, we got to look at this in the context as it was as it's shown really. Um, but I know that's really to play in the, in the next episode. So okay, so the, the lie has been set up, hasn't it? <laughs> it has, <laughs> and it didn't necessarily need to be either. I well, have no, to say. you didn't need the opening monologue. No, at all. At all. I mean, it, it was like a little recap of Rose. What you know. Um, sort of meeting the Doctor, having these wonderful adventures, and how boring a life was, and and then um, you get that really sickly saccharine thing of them, them two, the Doctor and Rose, stand on, on an alien planet, and sort of you know, when were you planning of leaving me or whatever? And oh, never. And it's oh god, you know. Um, and that's what... still setting you up to cheer when she looks like she's gonna die. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, so, so there you go. You get that in the credits and everything. Um, and although okay, it was nice to see um, Jackie again, I suppose the, the the premise is quite quite interesting. You know, seeing all all, you know, all the ghosts and everything, and her believing it, it was her, her dead father had, had come back. And, yeah. And I suppose from sort of that point of view, it is that thing people see something can't explain, it, so they 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 sort of they just want to believe it is there. They're, you yeah. know, it's a, a deceased loved one. Yes. You know, um, which which in a way is quite... I think that's what would happen, really, isn't it? If, if I'm perfectly honest, that's that's what really would happen. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a whole thing about, you know, if stuff you can't explain, then you will... Tr- so, there is a certain sense of how much do you... Even how subconsciously, how much do you pin on it as being that or not... As someone mm. who's done the odd ghost dance, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. in my time, yeah, it is interesting yeah. when, when even if, if, you, if you're not quite sure if suffix happened, and you just think to yourself, you know, I don't know now whether that's just even my, even the bits that I'm sure happened are just my imagination. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it, it's Sorry. yeah, that's that sort of sort of sort of plays out really, and and I, I kind of guess you've got the 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 doctor. I suppose you could put it. You, I know. I'll come on to Derek Acora later on, but at the time he was very, very popular. I could play that part. You could play that part, couldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) 
you're not going to go with those funny trances, are you? And some sort of <laughs> some dead bloke speaks through you, or your it's bound to be your uh, Native American spirit guide or something. <laughs> I must admit, I've, I've, I, yeah, I'm definitely not a, I'm definitely not interested in that sort of no, no. ghost so, hunting. Why are they always Native American or Chinese? <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there was yeah these spirit guys. Was Native American or Chinese? I never, never quite understood why, but um, um, and they always speak in um, parcel messages very cryptically as well. Just, just give us their name for God's sake. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, don't care what kind of jacket he's wearing. Or <laughs> tell us his Super. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I suppose the doctors sort of playing the. Um, if you were to try and equate this to the real world, you've got everyone's believing in ghosts and everything. Along comes the Richard Dawkins of the piece, the Doctor, yes, who immediately dismisses it with science. Um, and about Jackie, actually says, you know, why do you have to spoil it? You know, and and I suppose again, it's, it's that it's that real world thing of people don't want to explain the way they want to hold on to that no. that yeah. belief, don't they? That there is, there is something else on the other side, and you know, and they can speak to their you know, relatives that are passed on. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you you, know. you you prove that something is just the wind, or <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Like that, it, it is quite disappointing. Is, is, is that how you've explained it away on those ghost hunting <laughs> nights you've done? So it's just a bit. Well, of, I'm just a bit just gassy a bit tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a bit bilious this evening. <laughs> but <laughs> oh dear, not to be too polite about it. You are actually warned that can be one of the problems with ghost hunting. Really? Yes, because your body relaxes at night. Oh, I see. How'd you, how'd you, expl- how'd you explain away the ectoplasm then? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's the 16 pints before you go out. <laughs> oh, dear. Do I give the game away? Bloody hell. Um, now, um, so obviously, you, you, so anyway, back, back to Doctor So anyway, you've, you've got all this going on, and um, and now you, you've answered this, you get the first glimpse of Torchwood in, in, in all its. Yes. In all its modern glory, and um, mm, Torchwood and Von Hartman, I, I, I'm not at all convinced that they could achieve what they're supposed to to have done. Really. No, they, they, they just seem to be like the worst kind of estate agents. You know what I mean? Who, who run around the office ringing a bell each time they made a sale or something? You know, high fiving everybody, and it just seemed. Yeah, it just seems uh, the, the worst place to work in, in, on the planet. To be honest, that's my own personal level of hell. That is actually, <laughs> and yeah, it's that go team the... crap, you know. So um, yeah, which which for a reasonably secret, which is supposed to be a secret organisation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole let's get together and do a bit of team bonding. Not quite sure that's what you should be doing when you're a secret organisation. No, surely, exactly. surely the less the least people know of each other, the better. Yeah, it all seemed very, very informal and relaxed, and and just nip off to have a coffee, just <laughs> yeah, <I, laughs> whatever they like. I don't know if this is sort of like a play on sort of like the modern office and and um, working for companies like Google, who, whose offices are very much like that. They have sort of like sleep pods and and I've got sort of well things like idea tanks, so people can, can sit around and swap uh, swap ideas in a comforting atmosphere. And oh, God's sake. Um, yeah, I, I usually find uh, the threat of the sack gets people to work, actually. <laughs> but then you're that sort of boss, though. Aren't you? I am, actually, yes. <laughs> Crack that whip, that's what I say. Um, just to show me you can't sack people with wanton abandon anymore, it really is. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But anyway, but anyway, um, so they just um, don't, they just don't seem a convincing organisation. They really don't. No. They really don't. No, for something that you know, you get the thing out of that. Oh look, they don't really, you know. As, as if we wouldn't notice, sort of thing, when they yeah. slip off together. They <laughs> don't notice when they come back with two earpieces. Well, it's that, but also Bluetooth earpieces. That just really dates it. When was the last time you saw someone with a Bluetooth earpiece? Yeah. You don't, do you? You don't see anybody with them anymore now. It's one of those passing technological fads, isn't it? Um, and the other thing I was going to say that dates it, um, it, it's all the pop culture references. Um but, you know, at the time, sort of Derek Acora, yeah, for one, uh, the, the Ghost Hunt, or was it Ghost Hunt? What was it called? What was that program did on U- on UK Living? Uh, Most Haunted. Most Haunted. That was it. Yeah. Um, again, that no longer exists. I mean, that that Trisha was another one. That sort of daily. I don't know. It's sort of like a, a version of um, which it Jeremy Carl, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you look hard enough, you can still find these programmes somewhere along the cable channels. Probably, but then Peggy Mitchell and EastEnders. When that yeah. that catch has been bumped off just at a funeral like a few weeks ago on, on the programme itself. So um... yeah, but you can't blame a programme from 2006 for not knowing that. I oh, know, but was what? <laughs> but I can't remember what was then. What's actually dead, or, or did he come back after that point? No, I think I think he'd been killed and come back and been killed again. <laughs> I can't remember. So I, bloody hell! But but I, I really don't like those sort of pop culture references in Doctor Who. I never have well, done I, to I, be honest. I must admit, I, did, I do sort of like that. The thing about then the Doctor turns around and goes, "When did this all start?" And she goes, "Well, Peggy came back from." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that actually. That was good. See, that's the thing. I mean. I've always, I mean, RTD had a lot of success with Doctor Who, and quite rightly so. And he, he was, a, he was the right person to bring it back. But he wasn't the greatest sci-fi writer in the world. But he could do that kind of thing well. Yeah, couldn't he? The everyday stuff, sort of bringing it back down to, literally back down to earth again. Um, he, he, he was good at doing that. Actually, yeah. I mean, the, the comedy in this, at, particularly between the Doctor and Jackie, mm. is. Very good, actually. Yeah, I like Camille Cordura in this one. Yeah. Actually, I, I mean, yeah. Jackie I, I think Ka- I think yeah. she's the best thing in this one. This episode, yeah, she so. is. Um, I mean, her character was quite annoying, but as it went on, I think that the character or the writing sort of settled down for it. It was a very broad stroke character, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, she shed some very sort of very good moments, especially when she was uh, talking to Rose on the TARDIS. Yeah. About like the forty, this forty-year woman walking around. It wouldn't be you anymore. You know, just travelling with the Doctor all the time. Um, yeah, I, I, she... It's, it was almost sort of like sort of predicting what's to come, isn't it, really? You know, saying it's going to end badly for you, Rose, if you stick with the Doctor. So, um, But yeah, I know, and, and, bit, and bits with the... When, when the Doctor obviously pulls her out of the TARDIS. Yeah. As his companion. And basically totally runs her down. In terms of that. Well, so what? She's going, oh, I'm 40. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was good. Well, not <laughs> and, and then also, then when he's talking to Yvonne Hartman and the thing, he was going, "Yeah, when you come to write this up, can you leave out the bit that I travel around with her mother?" Yeah. <laughs> what I liked about Jackie in this, though, she just went along with it. Yeah. She just sort. Of, she wasn't sort of like a. You know, she just sort of like very calm and collected. Just went with it, and the only time she sort of sort of bribed a little bit is when the doctor was saying she was older than she was. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> oh, probably her age. We might yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was she was good. She. I think she was the best thing in it actually. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we have. Um, how could I forget? Actually, the first appearance of Freema Argument. Yes. In Doctor Who as well. Forgot, was actually in this quite a bit. I actually seem to have had it in my mind that she was just. She disappeared once back to the um, bit being rebuilt or whatever. Yeah. And that was it. Well, captured by the incredible, the incredible silent Cybermen. Yeah. Yeah, who aren't silent at all the rest of the time they move around. Um, they've done that quite a bit in Doctor. They did that during the um, um, Army of Steel and Rise of the Cybermen two-parter. Like the bit when they, when they killed Mrs. Moore. That song just appeared out of nowhere. We're completely silent. Yeah. And the rest no, of the time they, they've, they've obviously got, got a little button on the side. And if obviously. You press it and, it, and if you move it up and it goes red underneath, then they're silent. <laughs> oh, dear. But the other thing that made me laugh as well, when um, uh, the Doctor and Jackie are being shown around by Yvonne Hartman, and she's welcome to Torchwood. And she throws the door open. You've got that big marigold fanfare to show a few packing crates and a UFO. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't very impressive, really, was it? <laughs> it really wasn't very impressive at all. But um, now, I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm being really, really. Um, and I, I did quite I'm, like I'm the idea quite down they, on this so far, to be honest. But that they found that there was a disturbance at a certain height. Yeah. So they literally built a building to to reach it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was that was good. Um, the other thing I liked about this was was the concept of the void. As well, yeah. and everyone um, sort of trying to think what, what the Void ship were, and they, everyone sort of felt uneasy around it. And I, I just like the concept that it was—it's actually quite terrifying. It's sort of the layers in between universes, and it's which are stacked on top of one another, and there's just nothing there—no time, no space, nothing. Um, and I just found that sort of quite a scary concept. Actually, something was existing in between. As well, this void ship, and again, that made everyone feel uneasy because there was no readings coming from it. There was no radiation. Yeah. It didn't move. There was nothing. It was just, it was there, but it wasn't. And to a certain extent, yeah. Then the uh, the the next thing was, what was so bad that made, or what was so bad about what was it either in it or what they was getting away from that yeah. made them go into the void, yeah. build a ship that could go into the void. void. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I love that concept. I mean, that's one of, one of the one of the better things about this episode for me. Actually, it, it's you know, it, it's it's the again as we said, it's all the build up. Yeah, it is, it is all the build up. Um, but then we, I mean, you've got all the, the diff- they're doing the, the the time shifts and or what they what they call it, this the shift and open up this this portal or whatever. Um, and there's a few sort of things because by now we've got like Freeman Agman taken over. By the Simon and, and her two colleagues as well. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing that's only sort of struck me sort of last night. If the shift can be controlled from a keyboard, why do they need the big levers? Um, because there'd be nothing to hang on to next week. <laughs> <laughs> that is it, isn't it? It's not so it's not so impressive if they're hanging on to a mouse. Well, that that is it, though, is it? Like, that appears to be the only reason it's there is to bring the tension into the, into into the finale. That yeah. that is it. Um. Unless you're going to explain it away, they can only do it because they were taken up by the Sidemen or whatever. But I, I, I'm. But, but no, yeah. But the actual programming must have been. <laughs> must have been there exactly. <laughs> connected electronic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another thing that sort of only, um, I sort of only sort of picked up last night. 
How does psychic paper react or act as a security swipe card? Door cards or door cards aren't psychic. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. And yeah, that. yeah. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm, Pez, I've been very, very unfair and picky on this. I was watching it last night, and as you said, because not a lot was happening, I was just sort of picking at things and sort of going, "Oh, yeah. Well, that. How could that work?" And well, that's Perhaps not possible. Perhaps it can change its texture. If it can change its texture, but it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't explain that one. To be honest, yeah. Fall a door thing into thinking that that's a handprint or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, I really don't know, to be honest. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, once you get inside, I mean, it's good to see Noel Clark again as well, um, actually, as, as sort of like the, I could put it, the, the, the all new Mickey, really, isn't he? So, yeah. He's not like the bumbling twit that he was before. Um, yeah, it was just good to see him back, sort of back in it again, really. And I'd just forgotten how. Sort of subtle that was because you do see the back of him in shot quite clearly. Yeah. At one point, and I I never noticed that before how how front and center he was. To to be honest, you could see him there, but just because he was just out of out of focus. Um, and he, obviously, then why she followed him because she obviously saw him. Yeah. Exactly. So you wonder why she just picked why she just pick on one person to. Yeah, to follow. To yeah. follow. I don't know if she actually realised it was Mickey or not. I honestly don't know, but um, I think she Well, did you that. sort of suspect so, just for the fact that she made that decision so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, I don't think she knew that was the where the void ship was kept and everything. No. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was, uh, it was good to see Noel Clark back in it again, really. Um, but then you sort of like get the big reveal of, it, you know, it's the Cybermen um, sort of behind it all and everything. Um, and obviously, sort of... Um, Graham Harper's directing this one, and he does make some quite good um, use of sort of the Cybermen, sort of especially sort of bursting through that front door, sort of, of you know with the family carrying on the, on their yeah on their stairs. Um, the only sort of thing is though is is the door sort of quite obviously a stunt door sort of bounces as it hits the floor, and the glass doesn't shatter, which you would expect, really, isn't it? So it's a, it's a very very clean push off the hinges, if you know what I mean, but. Uh, I get you can tell I'm being very very unfair on this, aren't I? I'm, you being are, very, yeah. I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking so a lot of holes. So so far, you've blamed it for being ten years old. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have. And you're, you're picking holes in the door. Well, no, I think that's the that's the risk you run of setting stuff in modern day, and yeah. and, and making all these sort of references because it dates it. Yeah. And I think that's the problem because a lot of um, like the old. If you go back to the classic series Doctor Who, things like the War Machines is is incredibly dated because it's set in then modern times. It's yeah. set in like hip happening sixties London, um, and this is sort of like set in the mid two thousands. And you've got all the how can I put it? Sort of like the it's sort of the, the advent of like slacker television in this in this country with things like you know things like Trisha and um, Most Haunted and things like that. It's the things that people want sort of. I kind of put not. They weren't talking about Doctor Who. If you, if you, to use it as an example, they were talking about. Oh, did you see Most Haunted? Did you see Trisha? You know, it's it's all yeah. that sort of slacker television, and and it just dates it for me. It, I mean, I don't know about for anyone else, but it certainly does for me anyway. You know, and I I just don't like that sort of thing in in um, in sci-fi. The, the the thing for me for sci-fi is to take you out of modern life a bit more than than this does. 
Well, I think that can be that can be one of the things that probably can be targeted at the the whole Russell T Davis era, isn't it? Was that it was it was yeah, too, I mean, trying to place itself in a in a certain time. Well, it kind of worked though, didn't it? Because it, it did hook the audience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was sort of technically, I mean, really that this was the beginning of like the the resurrection of Doctor Who. This was its beginning of its golden years, really. You know, this is when it was ex- David Tennant come along, extremely popular, um, and it worked. It worked. It worked for the series then. Yeah. You know, whether you know when Chris Chibnall takes over, it will um, it will bring that back again. Who knows? Who knows what what his take's going to be on it? Honestly, don't know. Honestly, don't know. So, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So it just sort of, it just sort of, you know, it's, I don't. It's, I haven't got a problem with it being set in modern, like but modern, is, modern but day. But though, like, you know, if you if we're sort of talking about, oh look, Bluetooth headset that that dates it. Yeah. But you don't watch. I don't know some of the. Um. You don't watch the John Pertwee thing and think, oh, look, they're using a dial telephone. <laughs> no, no, I, do you know what? I think it's because it's that, that... The thing with modern technology, everything's just like a passing fad, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of... The dial telephone was there for donkey's year, for you know, years and years, wasn't it? Yeah. Really. And even when sort of like the... Um, um, the push-button phones, people resisted them, didn't they? Because that was, it was just far too modern. I've like my dial-up, thank you very much. Um... But then things, things like, I mean, Bluetooth headsets, they came and they went. It's just replaced with other things. Then now you've got, like, you know, um, watches you can take calls on and stuff like that. So technology moves along very, very quickly these days. And I think that's that's what dates it. You, you, you make that, this passing fad, one of the... Um, oh, I can, one of the plot points, really. Mm. And that, I said, that's what dates it for me. It's become an integral part of the plot. They've been they've been controlled by these Bluetooth headsets, and yeah, there you go. But anyway, that's just my take. And I know I think I spent far too much time talking about Bluetooth headsets. To be honest, <laughs> what was your favourite Bluetooth headset? <laughs> uh, Bluetooth headsets that I've owned. <laughs> a, a new series for the Hoosie podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Once we finish this, once we finish this series retrospect, that may well come. It might do actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. We either will just call time with the podcast or just scrabble around for content. I think <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be at the moment. But, <laughs> um, but there's, there's another thing. It that sounds sort of, very much like scrabble around for content. It does actually, doesn't it? Um, there's another thing that kind of um, kind of bugged me a little bit. Torch wouldn't know who the Cybermen are. I know these Cybermen aren't from out. They're not the Mondas Cybermen, but they would yeah. have known about. Cybermen, surely. Yes. I know there's, you've got the whole unit dating controversy, but that if you're going back to the um, the days of um, Sarah Jane, for argument's sake, well, apparently she came from 1980. So this Torchwood would have known who the Cybermen were. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that just doesn't... Especially, especially the head of Torchwood as well, Yvonne Hartman. Yeah, you, you've had them on the steps of St Paul's by now. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So yeah. Um Well actually even in um nineteen eighty five as well. Yeah. At the at the um 
with the, the, with the, the 10th Planet story. That was set in 1985. So surely Torture would have known about... Oh, oh never mind. Getting... Continuity. Yes. 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 Continuity. Yeah, bloody hell. It's um, it's a bugger, isn't it? <laughs> but then, um, of course, I, I mean, the Daleks, the Daleks right at the end, it was, at the time, a genuine surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was done pretty good on, on the fact that you then get the reveal from the... It's basically the Cybermen that reveal that they're not... It's nothing to do with them. Yeah, They exactly. just followed it through. Yeah. And you sort of wondered, what the hell's inside there? And then you see, like, you know, these Daleks float out of it. And and it was a genuine surprise. I still think it's a good moment. Yeah. Actually. It, it's still it's still effective. The whole thing with the void ship opening. Um, and they can't make contact with the main office because they've now been overrun with Cybermen. Um, it, I, it's just a good moment, actually. Yeah. It really yeah, is. You- but you, you do get the feeling that now this whole episode, know, knowing knowing in advance what the surprise is going to be now, yeah, watching it, you do just get the whole that this whole episode is building to that. You've just got little bits of character play between the main people, mm. just building so that we get to the we get through the forty five minutes at that point. Yeah, that's it. it. I mean, it's one of the the you know they don't have many many two parters. And, or cliffhangers, really, in Doctor Who anymore. Um, but as far as sort of cliffhangers go, that's quite a good one. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I was really st- still impressed with it. I'm still very impressed with it. But uh, I don't know, I've sort of been sort of probably unfairly sort of picking holes in this one. But and as we said, not a lot happens in it into the final few minutes. But it, it still managed to hold my attention, strangely enough. Yeah, oh no, I mean, it went a lot. It wasn't a point where I was looking at the clock and thinking, how much longer. No. When are the Daleks coming? <laughs> no, exactly. No, it, funnily enough, it was actually quite a, a brisk 45-minute story. I was actually quite surprised how, how quickly sort of things moved along, for, considering not a lot actually happened. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think my main problem with this story is the Yvonne Hartman character. Yeah, she's not... You begin to wonder how could someone like that Head up an organisation such as Torchwood. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, I, I, mm, it's all a bit. It doesn't work. It's, that's, I think that's the weakest link for me. Yeah. In this, I know it's like Tracy Nolman's come back as Yvonne Hartman in, in Big Finish um, Torchwood stories, but um, maybe she fares better in that. Maybe just maybe. RT, maybe it's RTD's writing. I don't know because he, he did like the sort of that 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 comedic side of things quite a bit, didn't he? And he he. he like to, well, I don't know. There was occasions where you thought, well, you think she's actually quite mad with the whole, like you know, the, the British Empire, yeah, and all, and all that sort of like illegal, oh, yeah, illegal, no, illegal I mean, aliens and stuff like that. You know, I'm not even so bothered about that. I mean, it's just the, the fact of the, the everyone clapping the Doctor when he arrives. That was ridiculous. To be Which honest. you know, considering you could understand that she's a bit, you know, she's basically everything's become a bit. Uh, commonplace to her mm. whatever yeah yeah but faced with what was as she seems to be a, a keen historian of the company as in knowing how when it, when it was set up and what you know its guiding principles and all this yeah that actually the doctor should have been treated a lot more seriously i yeah exactly and i can't believe that all these years that's the first i've actually sort of crossed paths with him as well 
Yeah, but it was just, it was just like, you know, it was just like he, he turned, the minor celebrity had turned up to open the fate. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? To be honest. Christ. Like... <laughs> not, not that the reason their whole being came into existence. It's, it's like sort of like this opened the door and Bernie Clifton was wearing his ostrich stand there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it could have been. And for our non-UK listeners, um, go, just Google Bernie Clifton and you'll see exactly what we're talking about there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but th- there's one thing... <laughs> Next week we've got Sid Little coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, um, there's one thing I haven't mentioned yet, which still... Um, Still rankles with me, and it, I think it rankled with people at the time as well. It's the Ghostbusters bit. Who are you going to call? Yeah. Uh, that is still awful, actually. I cringe when I see that. Well, that whole backpack thing, it just looks it's decidedly odd, doesn't it? Well, it looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for a start. Yeah. That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, um, and it doesn't really do anything, does it? No. To be honest, it sort of triangulates the the ghost in, inside those beacon things, and that's pretty much it, really. That's all, yeah, it's a bit a bit daft, to be honest. The whole thing, just yeah, I, just that whole Ghostbusters thing was just ridiculous. Actually, quite apt since the new film's just been released as well. Yeah, they say it's coming back. Yes, it's back, yes. And uh, no, apparently, well, the new, the new... we'll have Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> we'll have massive shoulder pads and uh, go full on 80s again. With a f- big shoulder pads and flock of seagulls' haircuts. Well, other people, well, I won't. <laughs> it's an impossibility for me now, isn't it? <laughs> It'll be a plucked seagull. It will, will it? <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, that's got to be a euphemism for something. <laughs> And now the pluck seagull. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, but I, I think I mean I haven't got any much else to say about this really because it's difficult because it, it's a lot of build up for the next part really. And yeah, it's okay. It's okay. There's a lot wrong with it, but there's a few bits in there to sort of take away with you and say, yeah, that's that's pretty good, really. Yeah, it's just not outstanding, really. No. It just is. No, I go. I go back to I think. The best character in this is the best bits in this are, are the Doctor and Jackie. Yes, definitely. Uh, and I think everything else is just is just building. Yeah, it's it's a lot of filler, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. To be honest, a lot of filler with um, unconvincing characters. Yeah. To be honest, so oh dear, oh dear. I was, I was really hoping to sort of like it a bit more than that, but um, unfortunately, I didn't. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Never mind. We'll, we'll see what we think when we get round to doing Doomsday. Yeah, which would be in in a, in a sort of probably uh, August September time now, wouldn't it? I would have yeah. would have thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So um, that's that then. That is that. Should we call that a day on that one then? I think so. I think, I think so. Is... I think so. Yeah. Okay. Right now, uh, when we return, when we, uh, Paul and I return, uh, we're back to doing a target novelisation. Yes. And uh, you've you've picked the story this time, haven't you? Yes, because uh, it's, it's one. I think is it one you wanted to do for a, a while, isn't it? Um, I've just had it on uh, a DVD for a while, and just really wanted to watch an excuse to watch well to watch it. So yeah. that's where that comes from. To be okay. honest. Okay. So what we're going to be doing next then is the target normalisation of Robots of Death. Yes. Which um, I'm looking forward to. 
because that's a cracking story that one yeah that really is a cracking story so yeah so I like to have gone some time before since I've seen it before I read the books on these things so mm. I actually have been putting it off because I've been thinking no no I don't really want to watch it then and then do read the books so I like to read the book and then see whether it match, matches with my memory of the story yeah before then I watch it again so so you'll be well and well and truly refreshed for this one then yes ah good good excellent excellent so that that's what we got we've uh we that's when me and paul will be next back with you i'll spit my words out in a minute um but be, in between then um i think there's going to be uh another companion special coming out as well with, with another special guest so that that'll be out in a couple of weeks time then paul and i'll be back um shortly mm. after that okay yes. uh which would probably be well, towards the middle of august now won't it Yes, I would have thought actually. Yeah, middle of August. So, uh, so there we go. So there we go. So that's what's coming out in the next couple of episodes of uh, the Who's He podcast. And um, and for those of you who don't know, quick plug as well. For those of you who don't know, um, we've just released another video to our YouTube channel um, as well. Um, which uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll begin with how, how do I describe this one, Paul? Uh. We just fell over in shock. <laughs> Thud on the floor there. <laughs> How would you describe this one? It, it's a, it's a bit of DVD extra for you. Well put. Yes, it's like a DVD extra. Yes. So, so if, if you haven't haven't looked at it yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, if you just go to YouTube and just search Who's He Podcast, um, and you'll you'll find our channel on there. Please subscribe to it. It's a bit of value-added material. It is. It is. Um, it's it's longer than the normal ones we, I've, I've been putting out recently as well. So um, so it, it's um, it's good bonus content. Is what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's worth the admission price. I think it's worth the admission price anyway. But uh, there you are. There you are. So plug over. Plug over. So uh, until next time, then it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.